your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. Okay, today we're talking about reading people. Get a clue. You know, reading people is something that is very important in life. However, it's a big challenge these days because a lot of people live online. They they, they uh, hide behind their Facebooks and their Twitters and all their other uh, fun stuff, and they don't really get that interaction, that face-to-face interaction as much as what we used to do. But it, it is very important to be able to read people because that's, that's a way in life that we can discover opportunities. We can discover new friendship. We can create, uh, get, a, get a new job maybe. Um, by reading people, we have the ability to influence situations a lot better than uh, if we just go flat into it and don't think much about it. The other thing is, is that it requires a lot of intuition to be able to read people. Not only do we have to be able to uh, notice cues, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but we also have to know, you know, in a sense, what are we feeling? Because a lot of times, and in, in, uh, don't mistake intuition for something else, intuition is when you're really in tune with yourself and you're able to read a situation. A lot of people will uh, use their emotions and how they feel and they trick themselves to believe that that's their intuition. All right, so, you know, Millions and millions of years, our early ancestors basically ambled all over the planet, navigating a really dangerous world. And I'm I'm saying ancestors. I'm meaning that, that prior to human being, even. And what they learned was how to communicate effectively their needs, their emotions, their fears, their desires with each other. And if you look at it from a, a you know, an anthropological perspective, impressively, they achieved this through the use of nonverbal communication, such as physiological changes like a flush face or gestures like pointing a hand or noises like uh, grunting is, is not a word, but, you know, facial and body reactions. Uh, all of these things are things that we learned how to read from each other, from our biological heritage, and, and, and by the way we've evolved as a species. And fortunately, as we evolved, we immediately, we learned to immediately communicate to others how we feel and what we sense. And if we didn't do this, uh, we would not catch on to signals that, hey, you know, it, the room might be too hot or, you know, maybe we're about in danger by a rattlesnake or, you know, a, a tiger. You know, we would have died out of spe- as a species if we didn't learn how to read nonverbal. And also, uh, it's not just about survival or threats, but it, it's a primary reason we react to certain things so visibly, like loud sounds make us freeze and cower in place. Our brain also telegraphs our intentions. And that's why when you're talking to someone you like and suddenly you notice that one of their feet points towards their car or an elevator, you know that the person probably needs to go because they're running late. And, the, you know, the body through the legs is communicating that something urgent is pressing and it's causing them psychological discomfort, even though the person continues the conversation, which is why 
when it comes to communication, body language is more truthful than the spoken word. So, you know, what's behind all this? Well, our needs, our feelings, our thoughts, emotions, intentions are processed elegantly by what is known as the limbic system. And it doesn't have to think. It just reacts to the world in real time and our bodies show how we feel. So someone gives us bad news and our lips compress. You know, the bus leaves without us, which we're clenching our jaws and rubbing our necks. You know, we're, we're, we are asked to work Work another weekend and, and the orbits of our eyes narrow as your chin lowers. You know, these, these discomfort displays is our limbic brain that is perfected this over millions of years to be able to communicate. And when we see someone we really like, like our eyebrows will arch, uh, defying gravity, our facial muscles will relax, our arms become more pliable or even extended, and we welcome this person. In the presence of someone we love, we will mirror their behavior tilt our heads, blood will flow to our lips, making them full, even as our pupils dilate. And once again, our limbic brain communicates through our bodies precisely the true sentiments that we feel and it orchestrates accurate corresponding nonverbal displays. So, you know, in a way, our bodies don't really have to do these behaviors, yet we evolved to demonstrate them for a reason. We're social animals. We need to communicate both verbally and non-verbally. And how do we know body language is essential for us? Well, children who are born blind, having never seen these behaviors, will also perform them. A blind child will cover his eyes when he hears something he doesn't like in the same way that a neighbor does whenever you ask them to, to move heavy objects. You know, these, these behaviors are hardwired within us as human beings. And whether you're in business, you're at home, you're in relationships, you can always be assured that true sentiment will be reflected in our body language through displays of comfort and discomfort. And so, you know, obviously this can, can be very effective in determining how others feel about us and evaluating how a relationship is evolving. And often when people sense that something is wrong in a relationship, what they're sensing are changes in body language displays. Couples who no longer touch or walk close together are easy to spot, but sometimes the more subtle behaviors are even more accurate. You know, example of this is when couples touch each other with their fingertips rather than their full hand, which is a distancing behavior, indicative of, of psychological discomfort. So this behavior alone may pretend serious problems in the relationship that on the surface may not be so obvious. And so while there, there are a lot of aspects of nonverbal communications and body language, focusing on comfort and discomfort can go a long way in helping us see more clearly what others are truly feeling, thinking, fearing, desiring. Having that extra insight gives us a lot more honest appraisal of others, and it will, in the end, assist us in communicating more effectively and empathetically for a deeper understanding of people. You know, the, we don't have to read people as a defense mechanism. What we want to do is read people to learn how to communicate better, and that's a huge, important uh, aspect of life. That if you get that down, if you get that communication down, you become a magnetic person. You, you draw people in. You know, if we interpret uh, verbal and nonverbal cues, you know, we're unveiling the mask of a real person. Logic alone won't tell you the whole story about anybody. You must surrender to other forms of information so that you can learn 
to read the important nonverbal intuitive clues that people give off. And, and you also must be willing to surrender to any preconceptions or emotional baggage such as old resentments or ego clashes because that's going to filter the way you interpret people and that is not a good way to read people. People oftentimes don't do a good job reading people because they have preconceived notions that they've learned from maybe past trauma. You know, whether you're reading your boss, your coworker, your partner to understand them more accurately, you you really have to give up those biases. And, and when those walls come down, you know, as brilliant as the intellect is, you have to be willing to let go of old, limiting ideas. People who read others well are trained to read the invisible. They've learned to utilize their super senses to look further than where you usually put your attention to access life-changing intuitive insights. So, you know, explore some of the different uh, ways in which people do this. You know, there's a lot of techniques out there, but... but um, Observing body language cues is really cool. Uh, research has shown that words account for only 7% of how we communicate, whereas body language is about 55% and voice tone is about 30%. And so, you know, look at some example of, of body language cues, just for example. Pay attention to appearance. You know, when if you're going to read others, notice. Are they, are they wearing really nice clothing? Are they wearing shine shoes? Or, or are they dressed for success? Are they indicating ambition? Are they jeans and a t-shirt type of person? Which means that, that comfort and being casual is more important. Are, are they we, we, uh, wearing a, a tight top with cleavage as a seductive choice? Or a pendant like a, like a cross or a Buddha indicating their spiritual values? You also, uh, more obviously, you want to notice posture. When you're reading people's posture, you know, you, you have to wonder, are they holding their head up high? Are they confident? Or do they walk indecisively? Or do they cower? Or do they have a sign of low self-esteem? Or do they swagger with a puffed out chest or, or, or a sign of a big ego? I remember today when I was walking my dog, it was like, it was so important. It was funny because I was watching this guy where he's like moving his uh, shoulders up and down as he's walking. He's like, oh yeah, I'm a big man, but he's a little short guy. But it was interesting because that, that was the way he was displaying his self-esteem by the way he walked. Um, you know, we also want to watch for uh, physical movements, you know, leaning and distancing. So you observe where people lean. Generally, we lean towards those we like and away from those that we don't. Also, crossed arms and legs. This pose suggests defensiveness and anger and self-protection. But when people cross their legs, they tend to point the toes of the top leg towards the person they're most at ease with. Also, uh, hiding hands. When people place their hands in their laps or their pockets or put them behind their back, that's a suggestion that they're hiding something. Also, lip biting or cuticle picking. When people bite or lick their lips or pick their cuticles, they're trying to soothe themselves under pressure in an awkward situation. Also, facial expression. You know, emotions can become etched in our faces. Deep frown lines suggest worry or overthinking, you know, crow's feet next to the eyes are, are like uh, smile lines of joy. Pursed lips signal uh, anger, contempt, bitterness, you know, a clenched jaw and teeth grinding are signs of tension. So these are just some, you know, very 
upfront uh, type of things that we can read non-verbally in people and learn how to communicate better. You can also come uh, to uh, tune in to someone beyond their body language and their words. So intuition is what your gut feels, not what your head says. And, and it's nonverbal information you perceive via images, aha moments, body knowing, you know, rather than logic. You want to understand someone. What counts is the, the, the most is who is the person is, not their outer trappings. You know, intuition lets you see further than the obvious uh, uh, story that you're getting just from their uh, presentation and from what they say. The other thing is, learn as intuitive clues, learn to honor your gut feelings. Limit, and, and you want to limit it in a sense of, am I reading this emotionally or is this just a gut feeling? So listen to what your gut says, especially during first meetings. A visceral reaction that occurs before you have a chance to think, it relays whether you're at ease or not with someone. So gut feelings occur quickly and they're a primal response, and they're your internal truth meter relaying if you can trust people. And that is a very primitive mechanism that can get messed up, by the way, by trauma. But all in all, if you learn to follow that gut feeling, you're going to have a lot better matching of relationships. Also, you know, if you feel goosebumps, goosebumps are incredible intuitive uh, tingles that convey that we resonate with people who, who move or inspire us. And they're saying something that really strikes a chord. You know, goosebumps also happen when you experience a deja vu, a recognition that you've known someone before or though, though, though you've never actually met. You also uh, pay attention to flashes of insight. You know, in conversations, you may get an aha moment about people, which comes to, to in a flash. So stay alert. Otherwise, you might miss it. We tend to go into the next thought so rapidly that these critical insights are lost. So, you know, uh, if you want to uh, also be more in tune with your intuition, uh, work on your sense of empathy. Sometimes you can feel people's physical symptoms and their emotions in your body, which is an intense form of empathy. So when reading people, notice, does my back hurt or did, did it before? Am I depressed or upset after an uneventful meeting? You know, to determine if this is empathy, you don't get feedback from other people. You know, also, there's a sense of emotional energy. Emotions are really stunning expressions of our energy. And so the vibe that we give off, we register with, with intuition. So some people feel good to be around. They improve your mood and your vitality. Others are draining and you instinctively just want to get away from them. And so that subtle energy can be uh, felt inches or feet from the body, though it's invisible. You know, uh, it's called qi in China, uh, where they, they call that your vital spirit, your energy, and, and it determines your health. You know, there's a emotional energy as far as reading it. You really want to get a sense of how to do that. So, you know, to sense people's presence, this is an overall energy that we emit. Not necessarily congruent with the words or, or our behaviors, but it's an emotional atmosphere 
surrounding us like a rain cloud or the sun. And as you read people, notice, do they have a friendly presence that attracts you? Or are you getting, you know, kind of a weird feeling making you want to back off? The other thing is watching people's eyes. You know, our eyes transmit powerful energies. I call it the window to your soul. Just as the brain has an electromagnetic signal extending beyond the body, studies indicate that the eyes project this too. So take time to observe people's eyes. Are they caring? Are they sexy? Are they tranquil? Are they mean? Are they angry? Also, you know, determine, is there someone at home in their eyes indicating a capacity for intimacy? Or do they seem guarded and hiding? You know, the eyes can tell you a whole lot of things. Notice also the feel of a handshake or a hug or a touch. You know, we share emotional energy through physical contact, much, much like an electrical current. So if you ask yourself, does, you know, does a handshake or a hug feel warm or comfortable or confident? Or is it putting uh, out a signal that you want to withdraw? You know, are people's hands clammy or, or, or you know, this is, that means they're anxious or limp, suggesting they're noncommittal, timid people. You know, you also want to listen to the tone and, and laugh. You know, the tone and volume of our voice can tell much about our emotions. So sound frequencies create vibrations. And when reading people, notice how their tone a voice affects you. Ask yourself, does their tone feel soothing or is it abrasive or is it whiny or, or is it, you know, are they, are they nasty? What, what is it? What is it about their tone? You know, that is a big, big deal. All right. Come back. We're going to talk about some words to listen for. Now, yes, that is a verbal but there are certain words that can tell a lot about a person, not listening to what they're saying, but listening to their choice of words. So come back. We're going to learn a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the FBI and how they read people. So come back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to transform your life. Start by tuning in to The Glenise Show with Glenise Hughes. Glenise combines business, relationships, wealth, life, and a whole lot of magic to create abundance and prosperity in every part of your life. It's all done through straight and often frank discussions in the best way that Glenise knows how. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Master your life with The Glenise Show. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. 
Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about how to read people, reading people, get a clue. You know, we're going to talk about actually words. You know, the human brain is really efficient. And when we think, we, we uh, use only verbs and nouns. But adjectives, adverbs, and other parts of a speech are added during the transformation of thoughts to spoken or written language. So the words we add reflect who we are and what we are thinking. So, you know, word clues allow observers to develop hypothesis and make guesses regarding the behavioral characteristics of other people. For example, in the sentence, I quickly walked, word clue quickly infused a sense of urgency, but it did not provide the reason for the urgency. So, the, uh, a person might quickly walk because they're late for an appointment or they anticipate being late for an appointment. You know, conscientious people see themselves as reliable and do not want to be late for appointments. So people who want to be on time tend to respect social norms and want to live up to the expectations of other people. So people with that behavior characteristic make good employees because they do not want to disappoint their employers. So people quickly walk when they encounter general threats, like a general threat might occur when walking through a bad neighborhood, like approaching a bad weather, which also might present a threat. You know, walking quickly to avoid, you know, uh, let's say a storm reduces the threat of lightning strike or getting wet. So people might add the word quickly for a variety of reasons, but there's a special reason for that choice. And so, you know, word clues present non-invasive way to effectively read people without their knowledge. And, and so following examples, you know, like the ones we're going to look at, uh, affect us and they, they have a sense of interpretation. You know, let's say somebody said, you know, I worked hard to achieve my goal. Now, the word hard suggests that that person values goals that they are difficult to achieve. Perhaps the goal this person achieved is more difficult than the goals that he or she used uh, usually attempted. So the word clue hard also suggests that the person can defer gratification or holds the belief that hard work and dedication produces decent results. You know, a job applicant, uh, applicant with these kind of characteristics would likely make a good employee because they would likely accept challenges and have the determination to successfully complete the tasks. 
Also, you know, uh, if someone uses the word another, like I, I, I won another trophy, you know, uh, uh, the word clue another conveys the notion that that person uh, won more previous awards and, and that person wanted to ensure that other people know that he or she has won at least one other award bolstering their self-image. So this person may need the um, the adulation of others to reinforce their self-esteem. So observers could exploit this vulnerability by using flattery and other ego-hancing techniques to influence that person. You know, if a person uses the word patiently, you know, if they patiently uh, 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 waited at the airport or if they patiently sat through somebody's uh, long uh, lecture, you know, that could be something that tells you a lot about that person because this person uh, is communicating that possibly they were bored or perhaps they uh, – needed had had returned to an important telephone call or perhaps they used the restroom but regardless of the reason the person was preoccupied with something other than the content of what they were there for so they wait patiently for a break before they leave the room and it, it, the probably this is a person who adheres to social norms and etiquette. So they receive a, 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 a telephone call, they immediately get up because now they have an excuse and they leave. And so that uh, person probably does not have rigid social boundaries. People with social boundaries make good employees because they follow the rules and respect authority. Conversely, a person who does not follow social conventions would probably be suited for a job that requires novel thinking. So a person with the predisposition to act outside social norms would make a better spy than a person who's predisposed to follow conventions because spies are routinely asked to violate social norms. So, you know, patiently, that word that you see patiently gives you a lot of insight uh, uh, towards that person. You know, I decided to buy, uh, let's say, that purse, or I decided to buy that suit, or I decided to buy that car. Well, decided indicates that this person weighed various options prior to the purchase. And so they struggled to some degree before making a decision to, person, to, to purchase. So the behavior trait suggests that the person thinks things through, especially if the purchase was, was a small one. But the word decided indicates that the person is not likely to be impulsive. So an impulsive person would like to say, would say you know, I just bought that car. Or uh, the word just suggests that the person bought the item without giving it much of a thought. So, you know, the word just also indicates a lot about a person when they use that word in their language. You know, extroverts get their energy from being around other people. So they stick, seek stimulation from their environments. They also speak spontaneously without thinking and confident and, and uh, confidingly use the trial and error method. You know, they, they introverts expend energy when they engage socially and seek alone time to recharge their batteries. So introverts seek stimulation from within and seldom speak without thinking. So introverts can carefully weigh options before making decisions. So that kind of person would uh, use the word decided more often. The other would say just more often. That, that is the extrovert. 
you know, prior to entering into any type of business negotiations, knowing whether your opponent tends to towards extroversion or introversion can provide a strategic advantage. Salespersons should should allow their introverted customers time to think about sales proposals. Introverts take in the information, they mull it over, and then they come to a decision. Pressing introverts for impulsive decisions might force them to say no because they're not comfortable making immediate decisions. Now, extroverts, on the other hand, they can be pressured to some degree to make immediate decisions because they're more comfortable making impulsive decisions. Rarely do people exhibit uh, entirely extroverted or entirely introverted characteristics. How you know, we're not black and white folks. We're gray. And so, you know, personality traits slide along a continuum. So many people exhibit extroverted and introverted techniques or or, or uh, characteristics. So you know, in, uh, introverts who are more comfortable with their surroundings often display behaviors associated with extroversion. Likewise, extroverts can display introverted characteristics. So what I'm trying to say is, if you want to influence a person, here do they use that word just a lot, or do they? talk pragmatically like I need to think about this I need to make a decision I, I, I need to mull this over if they use that kind of stuff in their language that tells you a lot about someone you know hearing someone say uh, compliment themselves that yay I did something right or I did the right thing the word right suggests that the person struggled with with something morally ethically or, or legally, and they overcame some level of internal and external opposition to make their, fa- you know, to make a fair and just decision. So this behavioral trait indicates that a person has sufficient strength of character to make a right decision, even when they're confronted with opposing views. So, you know, look at that. Isn't that interesting how words can affect the way that we are interpreted as people? Now, let's talk about how FBI reads. Well, you know, the the ability to read others greatly affects how we deal with them. And so when you understand how another person is feeling, you can adapt your message and communication style to make sure it's received in the best way possible. You know, but what should you listen for? And, 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 and if you really look into this, there's a, there's a guy um, – uh, LaRue, I think it's Koi, Koi, Q-U-Y. Um, he spent a lot of time in counterintelligence for the FBI. And uh, she now uh, she now spends her time uh, writing and speeching and giving speeches and all kinds of other stuff. But she put it well. You, you need to be a, a top-notch interrogator to figure out what is going on in someone's head. And, and, and so the signals are always there. You just need to know what to look for. And so she came up with some really interesting tips. And uh, once again, it's La Rue, La Ra, uh, L-A, and then a capital R-A-E, and then Kwai is the last name, Q-U-Y. Um, she suggests um, create a baseline. You know, people have different quirks and patterns of behavior. So they might clear their throat. Or, or they might look to the floor while they're talking, or they cross their arms, or they scratch their head, or they squint, they jiggle their feet, they might pout, um, they might stroke their neck. So they, they might not even notice when other people uh, do these things, but you want to give that a lot of attention. 
people display, and this is what she says, people display these behaviors for different reasons so they could simply be mannerisms. Sometimes, however, these same actions could be indicative of deception or anger or nervousness. So creating a, a mental baseline of other people, normal behavior, their normal behavior, their normal mannerisms, and then mannerisms that are outside of who that person is, now you have a better shot at reading them when you are able to differentiate their normal, simple mannerisms and the mannerisms that they don't often display. She also suggests looking for deviations. So pay attention to, to inconsistencies in the baseline that you've created and the person's words and gestures. Uh, she uses an example that you've noticed that an important supplier of yours has a habit of clearing their throat repeatedly when nervous. And then he introduces some relatively small changes to your business arrangement. And, and he starts to do this, you know, is there more that meets the eye? So you might decide to probe further asking a few more questions than what you normally would have had just because you read into that body language. Also, uh, Clusters of gestures is something she recommends. Uh, no lone gesture or word it means much, but there are clumps that we put together that uh, that can also indicate that something is uncomfortable. Like a, that that same supplier may clear their throat or uh, also do some head scratching, and then they keep shuffling their feet. So that tells you. This person's not on steady ground. This person's not themselves, and they're not comfortable with what they're communicating. Also, uh, you want to compare and contrast uh, these people. So you might notice someone is acting a little different. So you move your observation up a notch, and this is what she suggests, to see and, and when that person repeats the same behavior with others in your group, Continue to observe the person as they interact with the others in the room. Does the person express change? How about their posture? How about their body language? You know, reading that is a very, very important thing. Also, uh, she says, look in the mirror. You know, mirror neurons are built-in monitors of our brain that reflect other people's state of mind. So we are wired to read one another's body language. So a smile activates the smile muscles in our own faces, while a frown activates our own frown muscles. So when we see someone we like, our eyebrows arch, our facial muscles relax, our head tilts, the blood flows, our lips are full. If, if your partner doesn't reciprocate that behavior, this person could be sending you a clear message that they don't like you or aren't happy with something you've done. You also um, want to identify, she suggests, uh, a, a strong voice. The most powerful person is not always the one sitting at the head of the table. Confident people have strong voices. So around a conference table, the most confident person is likely to be the most powerful one. Uh, they may have an expansive posture, a strong voice, a big smile. But, uh, you know, don't confuse a loud voice with the strong voice. If you're pitching an idea to a group, it's, it's easy to pay attention to the leader of the team. But the leader may have a weak personality. So in reality, they may depend heavily on others to make decisions and, and uh, easily influenced by that person. So that strong voice, your chances for success are, are going to increase dramatically. Also observing how people walk, you know, as we talked about earlier, people who shuffle along uh, 
uh, or lack of flowing motion in their movements or people that keep their head down, uh, they may lack confidence. So if you notice these traits in, in somebody, you might make an extra effort to offer uh, a commendation to help them in an attempt to build that person's confidence. You know, or you may need to ask them more direct questions uh, based on how that body language is going. Also, FBI, uh, they pinpoint action words. There, there's words that 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 uh, that can represent the thoughts. So they identify the word that is uh, has a frightening uh, uh, with meaning. So it, let's say uh, a person says, "I've decided to go with brand X." Well, the action word is decided. So this single word indicates most likely that uh, that person, once again, as we talked about earlier, is not not impulsive. They weigh their options and they think things through. So action words offer insight to a way a person thinks. Also, looking for personality clues. Each of us has a very unique personality, but there's basic things that can help you relate to another person so that you can read them. You know, uh, do they exhibit more introverted or extroverted behavior? Do they seem driven by relationships or significance? How do, how do they handle risk and uncertainty? You know, what, what feeds their ego? What are the person's behaviors when they're stressed out? How about when they're relaxed? You know, um, it's really important to uh, 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 keep in mind that the principles, as you build your ability to observe, it will greatly enhance your ability to read other people and understand their thinking and help you communicate effectively. And that is a, the main ingredient to why I'm putting this show together today. You know, uh, flirting and humor also say a whole lot of things about people. When we meet new people, it may take a while to figure out whether a relationship of any kind is desirable, but initiating humor and responding to it that we can indicate the direction of our interest a, a little at a time. You know, similarly, uh, ongoing relationships, people have a need to monitor how relationships are going. And that's how we can get that baseline, that sense of where do I stand with someone? You know, humorous exchange among existing people or friends allows people to indicate whether they're satisfied or aligned with each other. Humor can break a lot of barriers in life. It, it may serve a whole lot of functions. It, it's an ind interest indicator. And, and so that that that's an important one to indicate whether a relationship is interesting or whether it's a, 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 among potential uh, people that might be good friends or good partners or, 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 or allies or uh, among family members. You know, humorous exchange feels good because it says that the people who we like also like us. And on the flip side, a failed humor can attempt to uh, hurt people, not necessarily because a joke is being rejected, but because we are being rejected as a person. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, flirting and uh, humor, and we're going to talk about how to uh, read strangers and uh, the sense of power that people look for. And then we're going to talk about criminal targeting, what criminals look for when they are target targeting people. Come back. <laughs> It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about reading people. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, reading people can really help us be more successful in our life, uh, understanding opportunities, understanding uh, how well we can communicate with a person. It says a lot. You know, when you're able to do that, you're able to take on cues and you're able to take advantage uh, of a better uh, opportunities in life to make your life better. You know, uh, if you want to improve your ability to to meet other people, like if you're a single person and you're dating, you know, and you're trying to keep your eye out on on behaviors that automatically are displayed when people are are attracted. You know, humans tend to throw out about 70 signals per hour while while, uh, looking for or chatting uh, romantic prospects. You know, men might draw attention to themselves with a loud laugh or by spreading their arms wide. Both men and women might uh, flash a broad grin and show all their teeth. But, you know, once a conversation begins, uh, women slip into singy, songy voices while men drop, drop theirs an octave. You know, and as the interest accelerates, 
flirters tend to mimic each other's stance and movements, and finally, they make uh, physical contact. You know, something to watch for is after making eye contact, a woman may look down a bit and then gathers or otherwise preens their hair, and then they look up at you with their chin tipped. So that's an indication that they're, that they're interested. Not all the time, obviously, but that, that is a strong indicator that they're open to having something a little bit deeper with that person. You know, when you're looking at strangers, you know, sometimes conversation can really go badly because a person just doesn't seem interested in what you have to say or conversely doesn't let you get a word in. Other times you might say something innocuously only to have your conversation uh, person that you're talking to misinterpret it and begin judging you harshly. So an exchange can, you know, really spiral downward if you sense the other person doesn't like you and you start uh, liking them less in return. So whether the encounter ends in uh, feigned politeness or deadly silence you're left confused or upset. So shy or socially anxious people often want to bond but easily feel self-conscious or paralyzed. You know, so they're often, you know, awkward in encounters. And for, uh, for those that are on the autism spectrum, which includes people with a wide range of social disabilities, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that uh, come across in a bad way because they might have like Asperger's uh, because they may not read emotions in other people or in them themselves. So they appear to lack empathy. So there's a lot of people with mental disorders that project contradictory uh, 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 nonverbal communication that also may make them uh, unattractive to people. And so that can be a very difficult thing to read. You know, in situations where it's your advantage to to make friends with someone, don't develop a, a defeatist attitude over one bad interaction. Let your curiosity guide you to common ground and employ, uh, you know, flattery to dispel any bad impressions that they may have formed of you. If you really can't tell whether someone dislikes you or is equally baffled by uh, the lack of fluid uh, uh, dialogue, it's worth asking in a caring tone. I'm sorry, did I offend you somehow? You know, if, if, if a misunderstanding has occurred, a well-intentioned person will rush to clear it up. And so, you know, you, know, you, you want to look at yourself. Is it me or is it them? You know, a little too often, uh, it's probably you. But social skills can be learned even by those with serious impairments. So, you know, you want to take responsibility for your own conversation stoppers and you'll slowly start to experience a lot of real rapport with other people. Now, power. You know, every interaction has power dynamics built into it. And often uh, uh, times, it's just that some people are more attuned to them than others. The, if you, the thing about power is that, that it's, it's, it's a kissing cousin to confidence, and, and it's like they influence you with or without your consent. Around a, uh, a conference table, the most powerful person is likely to be the one with the most expansive posture, the loudest voice, as I said before, the most amplified gestures and emotional displays. Bigger smiles, but also uh, uh, a lot of uh, – they may have a, a 
outsized displays of anger and frustration, including fist pounding. But powerful is a word that is, is disinhibiting. And it encourages people to act on their own whims and impulses. So, you know, your concern over other people's regard is the main source of human restraint. And, and it can be overdone. A lack of confidence amounts to excessive concern of other people's criticism. And when we live apologetically, we're living a life that we are filling with guilt and shame. You know, be, when you hear people apologize over and over and over again, uh, what that's telling you is that they're a pleaser. And pleaser people don't always communicate what they want. They don't communicate up front. They communicate politically or they uh, uh, communicate sparingly. So when you have someone who's uh, apologetic or uh, uh, tends to be a lacking confidence, they, they don't have a lot of clear goals that they make in life. They don't do a lot of hard because they are too worried about pleasing other people. So how we treat people uh, especially uh, powerful people, really can make uh, a situation more complicated. Uh, we tend to be less critical and more flattering towards powerful people and all conspire to make powerful person really confident because power is wrapped in confidence and confidence manifests itself in open body gestures, movement of facial muscles. So most people can detect where the power resides in a room, but that doesn't mean that the power can't be faked to some degree. And so using uh, feet apart, um, open gestures, it, it, it does influence people and it creates an internal hormonal shifts that it can improve a person's confidence and performance. So if we kind of follow what powerful people do, we can actually improve our confidence, improve our performance, improve our self-esteem. You know, uh, um, simply changing a physical posture in an individual prepares them for their mental and their psychological systems to endure difficult and stressful situations. Just posture, posture alone. These deep hormonal changes set in motion by behavioral displays that, that hint one or more truth about a person and their uh, negotiated relationship with power in their life. And it tends to reserve its most remarkable effects for those who wield it. Although the acquisition of power today generally accrues in social intellect, also those good at connecting with others feel powerful and they can have an ability to change other people, sometimes for the worse. You know, and also power can turn people into raging psychopaths. You know, it can distort the way people see themselves. They have a hard time seeing the world from other people's point of view. They judge others less accurately. They interpret others. They, they speak out of turn. Their behavior becomes insensitive, often in a costly fashion. And the cost tends to be outsized the risk-taking directly stemming from that overconfidence. So the skills that lead to obtaining power can deteriorate once power is obtained because a person that has it may abuse it and they may take it and and go way too far with it. You know, criminal targeting is another thing where body language is huge. Criminals target their victims. And and that comes in all varieties. But a lot of research has found that they don't choose their victim randomly. They they 
they uh, uh, it, it, and this is once again a lot of this research comes from the FBI. It's because of the identity of victims, particularly those that uh, they are several victims with differing uh, characteristics. So if you look in victimology, one of the central concept is the risk continuum. There are degrees of risk for a type of crime based on your career, lifestyle, relationships, movements, personality, aspects that, 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 that are in your behavior, in your demeanor. So some factors that make people potential victims are obvious. You know, flashing wads of cash. You know, I sadly, when I was a child, uh, one of my best friends, uh, they, they, his mom and dad went to Las Vegas. They went to a diner outside of Vegas, and he had a wad of money, uh, and he, he uh, flashed it. And basically, what happened was, after they left the restaurant, about five minutes later, down the road, somebody had shot both of them and killed them. And and I don't mean to share that in a, in an awful. Uh, experienced way, but that destroyed my friend's uh, childhood. Uh, and and not only did it do that, but you know, if we're not mindful of the way we uh, expose what we have, we're going to be very uh, we're going to be in a really bad position sometimes with criminals. You know, if you're going to wear clothing that's that's really flashy, if you're you're going to flash money, if you're going to drive a really hot sports car, well. Guess what? You know, you're targeting yourself in some ways. Wearing expensive jewelry, walking walking on back streets, you know, the other uh, your posture may be, you know, down low or your walking style may be slow or your ability to read facial, you know, facial expressions may not be good. So, you know, we are exploited as people. And so uh, we, as people, are going to be watched by criminals, and the people that are good at that are, are going to be more successful in the criminal world. You know, uh, if you look at uh, the classic study of convicts uh, and, and that, that are in violent offenses, such as armed robbery, raped, and murder, within a few seconds, the convicts uh, can identify what pedestrians they would have likely target. Also, the start. Uh, if you're a parent, you have children, and you don't mind your children, you let them play way far away from you, or you let them uh, be independent. That tells them a lot about uh, whether or not they can be invited into a situation where they can take that child. You know, uh, picking victims is their profession, and it's not always based on gender or race or age, or or petite or or anything like that. Criminals are assessing with the ease in which they can overpower their targets based on a lot of nonverbal things. So your, your pace of walking, the length of your stride, the awareness of your environment. Neither criminals nor victims are consciously aware of these clues, but they, they're, they're precipitators. So, you know, body language of people, if you look at that, you know, criminals view people as uh, the ones that are left less confident as great targets. And perhaps their, their walk suggests they're less athletic and they're less fit, and so they're more likely to exploit them. You know, uh, armed robbers often attack the slowest in the herd. You know, people who drag their feet, shuffle along, exhibit unusual, you know, gaits, meaning the way they carry their body. They're, they're attuned to clues of vulnerability. You know, uh, 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 people who... Uh, um, who ha are easy to control, you know, people that are, are, are uh, oftentimes are uh, looking for rape, like a, a criminal is looking for rape, is more looking for someone they could 
overpower and that they can control. And, and so sexual predators look for people they can overpower. So the rapist is going to go after someone who's not paying attention, who looks like they're, they're not going to put up a fight, who's in a location that's more convenient. That's what they're looking for. Also, they're looking for if you have a dog. You know, if you have a dog, that's a really good thing because dogs make a lot of noise and uh, they, they also have a good sense of dangerous people. So a person that's walking with the dog is usually more safer than the person who is not. You know, distraction is another uh, clue that they look for. Some people uh, think talking on a cell phone enhances their safety because the other person can always summon help. But... You know, talking on a phone or listening to an iPod is a distraction. Armed robbers are casting or looking for people like that because they're not paying attention and they're they're uh, they're looking uh, directly somewhere else. Their attention is on what they're listening to, and so basically the criminal is going, "I can distract this person and I I can take advantage of them." You know, conventional wisdom says that women who dress provocatively draw attention and put themselves at risk of sexual assault. But also uh, uh, women who are passive, submissive personalities are, are more likely to be targeted and, and that, that tend to wear uh, body concealing clothing such as uh, high necklines, long pants, sleeves, multiple layers. Predatory men accurately identify submissive women by their style of dress. So if you look submissive, that actually gives you uh, a way as a target. Also, people that drink or do drugs out in public, that is a marked person. So, uh, you know, there's huge uh, things that we communicate in our body language that criminals are always looking for. I'm out of time, though, but I'm hoping that that will help you. I want to thank everybody for listening. That's our show. I, I love hearing from you. I hear from so many folks, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Now, remember, if you want to read people, go to a Halloween party and see what they dress up as. Also, another way to read people is to read what they're reading <laughs> or what they're looking at. <laughs> Lastly, a lot of people might get punched in the face if we get too good at reading each other. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 